Welcome to Tori Mechaparsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Rachel Besser, and today we'll be, we will be studying Parshat Sav. In last week's Parsha, Parshat Vayikra, we learned about five categories of individual korbanot, individual sacrifices, and we discussed them as a means to connect to Hashem, as a way for the individual to connect with the divine, a gift that Hashem allows people to give to him, even though clearly Hashem doesn't need meat. He allows people to have the feeling of being able to give and thereby being able to infuse their service of God with their own passion and with their own devotion. The perspective in this week's Parsha, Tzav, shifts away from the individual petitioner and rests on the one who is bringing the sacrifice, the Kohen. Even though the Korbanot are the same, we have the same five categories, the perspective is different. Aaron and his children are commanded not only how to do the korban, but what should they should wear while they are doing each part, and in what order. In addition, Aaron and the Kohanim are instructed how to lay the wood for the fire, how to place the meat on it, and what, if anything, can be eaten. Thereby, we have the same description of the korbanot, but from a different perspective. Instead of focusing on the individual, we focus now on the role of the priest. It is for this reason, says Rav Hirsch, that the order of the korbanot are presented in a slightly different manner. The order in Vayikra goes as follows. First the ola, the, the korban that is burnt completely, then the mincha, the flower offering, then the shlamim, the, the offering where the individual eats from the korban, then the chatat, the sin offering, and the asham, the guilt offering. And there, says Rav Hirsch, the five korbanot were arranged based on the perspective of the individual. The first three, the ola, the mincha, and the shlamim, are a nidava, they are voluntary. And the last two, the chatat and the asham, the sin and the guilt offering, are chova, they are compulsory. It's a higher level to bring a korban to God, just because the individual decides that he or she wants to connect, and therefore the voluntary korbanot go first, and they are followed by the compulsory korbanot that the person must bring to atone for a sin. So therefore the order are the three voluntary korbanot are first, and then the chatat and the ashan, the necessary korbanot, are brought second because the person must bring them. In Sav, however, says Rav Hirsch, the story is told from the perspective of the Kohen. The korbanot, therefore, are presented just in order of their holiness, the ones being fully consumed by fire going first, and the ones that are consumed by people going last. This would give the ola, the, the korban that is fully consumed, the highest status, the mincha is second, followed now not by the shlamim, but by the chatat, and then the asham, and then finally, the last korban to be presented is the shlamim, the korban that is consumed mostly by the person who brought it. And says Rav Hirsch, that's why these five korbanot are organized differently in these different parshiot, because of the different perspective that the parsha has. Now, I'd like to suggest that there's another way to read the order of the korbanot in both parshiot not in descending order, but the opposite, in ascending order. 
The Gemara Kiddushin on page 31a relates a dictum given by Rabbi Hanina. He says, Gadol ha-metuveva oseh, mimi she'eno metuveva oseh. Very counterintuitive phrase. Rabbi Hanina explains that a person who is commanded to do something is has a greater mitzvah, a, a higher level mitzvah, than somebody who is not commanded to do that mitzvah, which is completely counterintuitive. We would think that somebody who volunteers a mitzvah, someone who does a mitzvah even though they're not commanded to, well, that would be on a much higher level than someone who does it just because they have to. The Ritva explains this phenomenon, and he says, Perush sal, tam hadavar, shezeh satan mekatrigo, keshehu mitzaveh, vezein satan mekatrigo, ulefun sara agra. When a person is commanded to do something, just then the satan, his evil inclination or his natural impulses push him away from doing that thing. We all know that feeling when there's something we have to get done. That's when we just don't want to do it. But someone who's not commanded to do something and they're just doing it because it's voluntary. So their their evil inclination or their natural um, personality that would stop them from wanting to do it doesn't doesn't speak up. And therefore, it is actually, says the Ridva, easier to do things that are voluntary than to do things that are commanded. And because the it's harder, therefore, to do things that are voluntary, because there's nothing fighting against you. So because it's harder to do things that are commanded, therefore, you get more reward of, for doing things that are commanded than doing things that are voluntary. Let's look back then at the order of the korbanot in Parshat Vayikra. The first three korbanot are voluntary. The Ola, the Mincha, and the Shlamim. A person gives them as a sign of dedication or as a result of passion, as we discussed last week. How much more difficult is it to enter the Mikdash with a korban chatat? or ashan, the sacrifice of sin, or the guilt offering, to place one's hands on the animal's head and confess the sin. Even more so when the first person that the Torah commands to bring this chatat offering, to bring this sin offering, we are told in Vayukra 4.3, is the Kohen HaMashiach, the head Kohen, who must admit by virtue of bringing his korban chatat by his sin offering that he too is fallible and he too is not above the law. So, Let's reread the order of Korbanot in Parshat Vayikra. The, maybe the first three voluntary Korbanot come first and then are succeeded by the two compulsory Korbanot because we're building up in holiness, perhaps, or we're building up in the difficulty it takes to bring it. And therefore, the Parsha lists the first three and then lists the compulsory ones, the Chatat and the Ashan. And if that's the case, that we can read the order of the Korbanot not in descending order, but in ascending order, building up, then maybe we can do the same thing for the Korbanot in Parshat Sav, which, if you remember, are listed in order of holiness, starting from the Ola, that is totally consumed, and then going to the Mincha, which is mostly consumed, and then down from there in terms of how much of the Korban is consumed, all the way down to the Shlamim that is only partially consumed, but most of it is eaten by the person who brings it. 
Parshat Sav does not detail which types of animals can be used for the Shlamim, like Parshat Vayikra does, but instead it lists the various categories of the Shlamim. And remember, Shlamim is the last korban that is listed in Parshat Sav. The Shlamim, therefore, you might say, is the least holy, but I'd like to suggest perhaps that the Shlamim is the most holy. Now, the Shlamim, remember, it's the korban where the person who brings it eats most of the korban. And there's three categories of Shlamim. There's the neder and the nedava, the vow offering and the donation, and the korban toda, the offering of thanksgiving that a person brings when something wonderful happened to them and they want to say thank you to Hashem. Specifically for the korban toda, there is a law in chapter 7, verse 15, that says, Ubasar zevach toda shlamav, biyom korbano yeachel, lo yaniach mimenu ad boker. The meat of the toda sacrifice must be eaten the night that it is brought, and you cannot leave over until the next morning. What would happen if a person could not leave over the meat of an entire cow till the next morning. So the Nitziv, in his commentary on Ha'anik Davar, addresses this aspect of the korban and notices that this is a huge amount of meat that a person has to consume by the next morning in only one evening. And he says, the korban toda has to be eaten in such a small amount of time, and it has the most food associated with it, both meat and bread. That causes a person to invite many friends to this meal. So many people have to be invited to this korban toda meal so that they can finish the amount of food that the korban toda requires. And therefore, the person can tell about this miraculous occurrence to many people. Says the Nitziv, it's on purpose that you can't leave over till the next day, because therefore the Korban Toda creates a community. You have to share your Korban Toda, and therefore you'll also share your story of your niece. You'll also, your miracle, you'll also share what happened between you and God. You'll share your relationship. You'll share your passion. Nechama Leibowitz notes that this communal aspect of the Korban, one that is forced by the small time frame necessary to eat the entire animal, enhances the divine miracle in her words, as well as neighborly love and brotherhood. She notes that we now better understand the name of the korban, Shlamim. As Rabbi Huda explains in the Midrash Tanchuma, Kol Shlamim Le'olam, Mevi Shalom Le'olam. That the name of the korban, Shlamim, comes from the root word of peace. Because when you bring a korban, Shlamim, you also bring more peace onto the world because of the communal nature. And now let's think about the order of the korbanot of Tzav. Not as descending from kachim kachim to kachim kalim, not from the highest level of holiness to the lowest level of holiness, not from the highest status where the korban is completely burnt and given to God and going to the lowest status where the korban is eaten by the person who brings it and other people, but rather let's look at it as 
ascending. Let's look at it as the order is building up. And the highest level korban, perhaps, is one that is shared. That one where other people are brought in. One where the person doesn't only connect to God themselves, but connects other people to God. And one way to connect to God is to give a korban that's totally consumed. And we can think about that as a person just on an individual level, giving themselves over to God. But another way to connect with God is to give a korban that can be shared with others. And through a person's passion, others can connect to God as well. And perhaps this is the connection between the two parshiot, Tzav and Vayikra, which both discuss the same korbanot. Vayikra is told from the perspective of the individual offerer, and Tzav is told from the perspective of the Kohen. Because now, in Parsha Tzav, we're hearing the Kohen's perspective. Now that we're thinking about it through the perspective of the leader, we need to take into account issues that will affect the entire community. A group of individuals is important, but a community of individuals can accomplish so much more. Each person needs to have their own connection to God. That's Parshat Vayikra. But the apex of this passion is when an individual can use it to bring others in and allow others to eat from his meat and benefit from his good fortune. Perhaps this is the message of the surprising Haftorah this week as well. We would expect a Parsha like Tzav that urges people to delve into the laws of sacrifices to be followed by a passage from Navi which would equally celebrate the sacrificial rites. Instead, we read Jeremiah 7, in which Jeremiah admonishes the Jews over their obsession with korbanot and says such harsh statements against the korbanot, like, Says Hashem to Bnei Israel, just throw your olot and your shlamim together and just eat all the meat. I don't care anymore about the differences between your korbanot. I never commanded your forefathers when they left Mitzrayim to bring me korbanot at all. Now, obviously, that's not true. But Yermiel is railing against the korbanot and saying that they're really completely worthless. Perhaps we can understand the warning of the Haftorah as an understanding of the order of the korbanot in Parshat Sav. Yermiel was speaking to a people who had corrupted their society who cared not for the widow and orphan, who used their wealth not to help the poor, but to oppress them. Then they would bring korbanot in the Beit HaMikdash and call themselves good Jews, secure in their righteousness in God's eyes. Parshat Sav says that the apex of the korban is when you can share it with others. It's good to have passion and it's good to bring an ola, a a korban that's completely burned. What when something good happens to you, the way you thank God is to share it with others. The people of Jeremiah's time missed this message. And Chazal, by including this as the Haftorah, wanted to make sure that we do not miss this message as well. The korbanot of Vayikra focused on the individual's quest to connect with God. And that is so important. The korbanot in Parshat Sav Focus on the individual as a member of the community led by the Kohen. In this structure, it is not enough for an individual to have passion, but the height of connection is when others are included. Thank you for studying Parshat Vayikra together with the OU Women's Initiative.